Welcome to Cure Chronic, a place where we have deep conversations and hear amazing stories about chronic disease and more. Here's your host, Becky Gale. All right, and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am excited to be back. I decided to take a little bit of a hiatus over the summertime to really focus on myself, especially because we had such a really interesting start to the year with my story and having to have surgery and all that stuff. And I also really wanted to focus on where I wanted this podcast to go. And I've decided to switch things up a bit, as you already know. I'm going to be really focusing on the different awareness, like the disease awareness for each month. If you have a disease and your disease is being focused on for the months, please get in contact with me because I would love to have you on the show to talk about your story to really create awareness for the diseases each month. September is Celiac Disease Awareness Month. It is also Arthritis Awareness Month. So all my friends with rheumatoid arthritis out there. It's also Chronic Pain and Pain Awareness Month. And finally, this week from September the 5th all the way to the 11th is Suicide Prevention Week. The 10th is Suicide Prevention Awareness Day. And I just wanted to come on here... I don't have a guest today. I just wanted to come on here to tell you about my story. I should just preface this before we get started. This is a little bit sad. So if you are having a great day and you don't feel like listening to a sad story, then I highly recommend that you maybe listen to this another day. And I am super grateful for everyone and your continued support. And I'm really hoping that this podcast will change the world one day. So where do I begin? Jeez. I don't talk about this a lot. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because it's just something that people just don't talk about or if it's because it still hurts to talk about. I've been through a lot of therapy and so I'm okay with it now, but it's, I don't know why I don't talk about it. I I really don't, you know, even though I should talk about it more because it's creating awareness and it's, it's also creating a support platform for other people. So long story short, I guess, well, I'll, I'll tell the long story, why not? My brother committed suicide when I was 18 years old. He was 19. He, we honestly didn't know that he was sick, that he was depressed. There was a time where I went into his room and there was like this little piece of paper and it said, Alex is sad. His name was Alex, by the way, I should mention that um but it was it was such a shock it was honestly such a shock but let me tell you a little bit about him so he was born on september 19th that's the other thing too is it's it's september is suicide prevention week and i'll tell you later on but the day he died was it's a it's a really the day he died was april 10th um 2008 and april the 10th is actually siblings day or something like that and so every single april 10th it's like yeah i love my sibling and i'm like oh this is a great day for him to have passed away i guess no day was a good day for him to pass away but it's just ironic i guess he was born september 19th 1988 he him and i actually looked a lot alike he had brown eyes brown hair tall he was like six foot three um he was into sports and stuff like that when he was a little kid but then as he got older he um was super into like nerdy things like 
World of Warcraft and stuff like that. But I mean, whatever. We're all, we all love what we love, right? I know for him, he got bullied a lot in school. I did too, to be quite honest. I honestly think that there are so many kids that get bullied that just don't know how to handle it, I guess. Not necessarily handle it, but they don't know how to cope with it, I suppose. And so it lives with them for such a long time. And some of us just don't have the capacity to actually ever move on. That being said, I don't know if that was the cause for his depression or his start to his depression or whatever. But I do know that it certainly doesn't help. So he was a, he was actually a really funny guy. Super funny. He had a great, great sense of humor. Um, <laughs> I remember we were, we were skiing as a family at this place. And this is when Jean Chrétien was the prime minister of Canada. And I don't, I don't know what he had been talking about. But anyways, he grabbed this pizza box. And he, so Jean Chrétien has like a, I don't know, what is it called? A paralyzed side of his face. <laughs> And so Alex grabs this pizza box and he just opens up the side of the pizza box and is like, bonjour, I am Jean Chrétien pizza box. And I don't know, it was the funniest thing ever. We were all laughing so hard. He had such a great sense of humor. Really kind person. He, um, he was super, super shy though. Really shy. He's total opposite of me in that spectrum. It's hilarious. I, I definitely got all the outgoing traits from the family, I suppose. But yeah, so, you know, something happened when he was a kid and he just kind of lost that spark. He lost that desire to, you know, go out with friends and he still had a lot of friends, truthfully. He had, you know, when he passed away and we had a little wake for him, there are so many people that showed up in the afterlife. I hope he was able to see that because I know still to this day some of his friends that stay in contact with me. This is really hard. You know, sometimes he was he was a big, big dog lover just like me. We had this dog named Webster and we always joked around that it was his dog because he took care of it. He taught he taught Webster how to hold a piece of cheese on his nose and stay. I still can't figure out how to do that with Oscar and Norman. So I know that if he were here today, he would absolutely love my dogs. Just love them. I just wonder what his life would be like today if if he were still here and what our lives would be like if if he were still here because you know I I see my fiance Tony and his brother they're so they're best friends but I can't think like that it's just hard in his last year of life we definitely had some challenges as the family I mean who doesn't go through challenges it is what it is He just never had a passion for anything in life. He liked watching his video games or playing his video games and, but he never, he never had a desire to work. He never had, um, the passion to really do anything for, for income. And, and I don't, I just don't know why. I mean, I just, I wish I was a, I could understand the way people think a little, maybe that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about understanding why people think the way they think and do the things that they do, because I I never understood it. And I just wonder if some of it had to do with, you know, the fact that he was bullied as a kid, um, losing that spark for life, losing that desire to do great things because you get, so discouraged and you get so hurt by other people 
that you don't, it's almost like you don't want to do anything else because you're afraid of getting hurt by other people. And I, I get that because that's what happened to me too. I mean, when I was a teenager, I, I was really shy too because I, I, I was bullied when I was a kid. I, geez, I, I remember the kids were so mean to me in school sometimes. Like, I don't know. It was really weird in public school because, and I'm sure that this happened to so many people. It was almost like the cool kids, if you will, had like a week of hating a person. And if they liked you that week, it's like, oh, great. They're not going to tease me or pick on me this week. It's so stupid. Anyways, whatever. Stuff that you remember from public school, I guess. So... So yeah, I mean, like he never had a desire to do any type of work or, you know, if he got a job, he wouldn't be able to hold a job for very long. And so we had a lot of challenges that last year. So um, anyways, so anyways, he ended up going up and living with my Nana for about four months from January till the day that he died. And, um, you know, he, we thought that he was going to get a job up there because it was in uh, a little tiny town and, you know, maybe he could thrive in somewhere else apart from Ottawa. And anyways, it was devastating because I I had plans to go to, um, I was actually going to move in with some friends. And so this was a huge step for me. I was 18 years old. I was going to get a place of my own and party all the time and whatever. And I should preface this, that my mom actually passed away of cancer two years before. So I'm sure that her death had a lot to do with his suicide as well. I don't know why I didn't bring that up earlier. Yeah, so she passed away and we we never, I mean, him and I were so stubborn. I'm still stubborn, let's be honest. <laughs> and um, we never got therapy. We never saw a counselor. We never, you know, it, it was, it wasn't until I was probably 20 um, before I actually got any type of therapy, maybe 1920. So, you know, we had the depression, the sadness of my mom passing away, kind of sitting in our chest at the same time as trying to be a teenager and trying to have friends and dating and trying to find your passion in life. And how can you find a passion in life if you're just struggling to be happy on a daily basis? I don't know how I did it. I drank a lot. Let's be honest. That's not good. That's not healthy. Don't do that. <laughs> so, you know, I, I really think that that was a big struggle for him. You know, my my mom, um, you know, she, she was a stay-at-home mom for the longest time. And so she raised us. Um, I mean, my dad was there too, obviously. <laughs> but, um, you know, she was just home all the time. Uh, there at, at, at home when we came on break or for lunch or she would take us, pick us up, take us anywhere like on our on our like PA days or PD days or whatever you want to call them. Like we'd go to Santa's village and stuff. And so I know for sure that her death was um, incredibly detrimental for both of us, let alone him. And I mean... I wasn't exactly a great sister because of the fact that I I wasn't emotionally avail available either because of everything that was going on in my life. I was just I literally felt like I was on autopilot. I um I remember like sitting with my therapist at one point and I just I just kind of said to her I was like I I just I don't know how I felt over those past years because I just I didn't feel anything. 
I was just living. I was I was just surviving basically. I wasn't living. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I was just surviving. So I guess you have the death of a parent on top of no passion or not understanding what your passion is. Anyways, so Alex was living up with my Nana for a little while and he wasn't living up there either. He was on autopilot up there, obviously. I remember calling him a couple of times and had I known what he was going to do, I, I wish I had done more. But we can't think like that, right? So I got this call one morning from my dad and he said, Becky, are you driving? Are you parked? So I parked my car and he told me this devastating news. Why am I crying? Like, this is such a long time ago. Ah, man, it still hurts. It still hurts. So he said, Becky, your brother took his own life. And I literally dropped my phone. I don't know how I dropped my phone. This happened so fast. And it, and it just felt like an elephant was stepping on my chest. And I, I didn't know what to feel. I mean, like, pff, come on. Like, my mom just passed away. Now my brother committed suicide. What else? Like, it just felt so much. It was so much. And so... I don't know. I just, you know, the autopilot got even worse. So it was just me and my dad left, <laughs> which is crazy to think. Um, because he had passed away in the town that my Nana was in, we ended up having the funeral there. Um, it was just my family there, my cousins. And I honestly felt like numb and I, I felt I felt like I should have been crying, like I could I should have been way sadder than I was. Like like what I am right now. <laughs> and I wasn't. I just I felt numb. I felt I don't know. I don't know. We went to see the coroner and my brother unfortunately um he shot himself in the face with a shotgun. And um, he's the coroner said to us, I'm not going to move the blanket because unfortunately his head is a little bit caved in. But if you want to go in and touch his arm, you can go and say goodbye to the body. Ah, deep breaths, Becky. You can do this. <laughs> ah, it's all for the cause, right? It's all for the cause. So, um, we went in said our goodbyes and we had his body cremated for the funeral and we had the funeral and brought his cremations back home to Ottawa and um you know we ended up spreading his ashes in our backyard because he had so much fun in the backyard and um we also buried half of his ashes beside beside my mom and I'm I remember the funny the weird things that your brain remembers but I remember saying to my dad like Oh, I never thought I could pick up Alex while I was holding the ashes. Like, that's sick, isn't it? <laughs> oh, geez. Anyways, so that was that was heartbreaking. I guess the reason I wanted to come on here and, and tell my story about my brother is because of a few reasons. Um, number one, I've never I've never really been open about it before, so why not put on a podcast for thousands and thousands of people to listen to? Who knows? <laughs> Um, but also creating awareness because I didn't, I didn't really know. I mean, maybe there were signs, but I, I didn't know. And, and that happens so often with the happiest people or the people that you just, that don't 
and aren't able to talk about their feelings and that kind of thing. It's just, you just never know what's going to happen. And that was the other thing too, is for him and I, for whatever reason, we just, we never talked about our feelings. It took me a long time. And here I am talking about my feelings like crazy, (laughs) maybe a little too much, but, um, we were never able to talk about our feelings. We never expressed how we were, how we were good or bad or stressed out or upset or anything. And that was one of the reasons why we never went to a counselor after my mom passed away. And so it took me years. It took me years to be able to talk about my feelings, to, to say that I'm, I'm not okay. And thank God I, that happened to me because for those that know me, I actually went through a very, very tragic time back in 2019 where I, I was put on medication for my Crohn's disease and it caused severe, severe depression. And, and I actually had suicidal thoughts myself and to a point where at one, there was one night where I was so bad. I remember laying on my floor um, and I had a bottle of pain pills there and I literally thought to myself, okay, I think this is the way that I'm going to go. Oh my gosh. Anyways, as soon as Tony came home from work, I told him that and thank God I did because I'm here today. You know, I was able to talk about it. I was able to tell him exactly what I was feeling and and the thoughts that were going through my head so that he knew. So I ended up giving him my medications, like the pain medication, the sleeping medication that I was on for my disease, for everything, to hide it from me so that I wouldn't... so, So when I had these feelings, so I had these thoughts, isn't that crazy? That's the other crazy thing too, is the fact that as someone with chronic illness, and so many of you, um, we have to go through the side effects of having medication. And this is one, like, I don't, I don't even, I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. Like it, it, that was one of the scariest times of my life because of the fact that I had no control over these thoughts. Even though I wasn't depressed, I was probably the happiest I had ever been in a long time because found a new boyfriend, gotten to do this new place, like whatever, have this new town that I'm living in, la 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 la, you know, and, and then all of a sudden I'm having these depression, like this depress. I, I don't, I don't know. So I ended up going to my family doctor and I said, Hey, I'm, I'm experiencing this. Like, I don't really know what to do. I think it's a side effect of this. And I was able to recognize that I'm pretty sure it's a side effect of the medication. Thank the Lord. And she's like, well, we can put you on a mood stabilizer if you want, but if you, so I only took, I should say, um, this medication, I took a treatment and then two, just one shot after that. So it wasn't much medication, but it did affect me for almost an entire year. Um, and so she said to me, well, we could put you on these mood stabilizers, but if you think that it's a side effect of the medication, then maybe we should just wait it out sort of thing. And so that's what we did. And I didn't really want to try going on mood stabilizers and stuff. And anyways, so yeah, I lived with that for, you know, I, I, I had my first injection in November, my second one in January, and I lived with that until August, September. Like it was a long time. It was scary. And, and even still to this day, so occasionally, not often, I have to go on sleeping pills just because my, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's because of taking prednisone for such a long time when I was younger. Um, and I, I think that my body just goes into these like phases of like, no, you're not going to sleep. And so I just have to take like three or four pills of Zoplicone or something like 
not not <laughs> not in one night I should preface that um kind of like two or three nights consecutively just to sleep and it almost like resets my system but the last time I got and I haven't had to take them for like two since this happened basically and I I had to t- I grabbed some just a little while ago just because I wasn't sleeping in August whether that was stress or whatever and uh, I said to Tony I said to him I was like I need you to hide these because I don't know if we're going to start drinking or if we're going to go out for a couple of glasses of wine or something. And then maybe my brain for some reason, because of course alcohol is a depressant, those thoughts come back. Like I'm, I'm legitimately still scared to this day because of how that medication affected my mental well-being. It's nuts. So I guess what can I, what, what advice can I give you guys before we go here? Um, number one, if you're struggling we're all here to help. Nobody, this world is meant for you to live on. The world needs you. And, you know, there are so many different support groups and there are so many different places that you can go if you are struggling with your mental health. Um, but also, you know, you're not, you're never a burden on somebody because of the fact that you may be depressed. Know that. Um, I know there's so many people out there that say, oh, I don't want to be a burden. I don't want to be a little, no, you're not. We are on this planet to help each other out. And so we can help you if you're here, basically. And we want to help you so that you stay here. Our mental health is something that can come and go on the flip of a dime sometimes, whether it's medication, like what happened to me, or if it's trauma, repressed emotions, But it's so important to take care of our mental health as well. You know, like doing meditations, spending time in nature is so good for your mental health. Um, Surrounding yourself with love and positivity. I surround myself with my dogs every day. And, you know, I have a very loving fiance. And so it's so important to just surround yourself with positive happy people and if you see that someone around you is struggling with their health or mental health or if you've noticed a change just sit down with them and say hey let's talk over a coffee or something like that the other thing too with mental well-being stay away from drugs and alcohol because drugs and alcohol are of course uppers and downers and alcohol is a depressant and so one of the things that i can't stress enough is just, just stay away from it. Try to have a healthy, balanced diet. Have lots of vitamins, nutrients, all that fun stuff. Because at the end of the day, the more that you fill your body with that is good, the more you're going to feel good. It's kind of one of those things that works. The other thing too is if you have dealt with suicide or mental health in your time and, and you want to talk to somebody, feel free to reach out to me too because... You know, I I like sharing my story, but I love hearing people's story too, stories too. (laughs) I want to just thank you so much for taking the time to listen to my story today. I know it's a bit of a sad one. This week's pretty hard for me. And I know that the 19th of September is going to be pretty hard for me as well. But, you know, I just have to celebrate my brother every single day. And, you know, even though he passed away on April the 10th, which is Siblings Day, National Siblings Day, that's what it is. I just have to be grateful that I was able to spend 18 years of my life with him. And I, I grew up with a brother. Even though he's not here beside me today, I have those beautiful memories of him. 
and I can cherish them and I can, you know, I just, I hope he's around somewhere so that he can see how crazy my dogs are because I know he'd love them too. (laughs) So ladies and gentlemen, my lovely, lovely listeners, that's all for this episode. Again, thank you so much again for listening to my story. It feels good to let it out sometimes and now people can understand what I've been through. And if you have a story like this, please feel free to connect with me. My email address is info at curechronic.com or follow me on Instagram and Facebook at curechronic. And I will catch you on the flip side.